Hello and welcome to I Am Geek, and this is episode 78. We're back for a very special episode. I'm joined by my brother Chris and our good pal Katrin. And Chris Hello. has opened, opened up his animator's vault, as we call it call it here on I Am Geek. <laughs> and he's pulled out another, um, you know, this is like a superstar. I, I'm a little taken aback by looking at this guy's resume. Uh, but I'll let Chris introduce his latest uh, member to the vault. <laughs> yeah yeah i got a, i got a few people in there and this this guy he's great he's wonderful one of the one of the most uh just enjoyable people that i've ever met uh mr stephen buckley he's oh thank uh, you for work- that kind intro <laughs> oh you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> uh me and buck met back working at uh rhythm and hughes i believe on yogi bear was the first thing that we worked on together uh and yeah we shared a room together and he's he's a hoot love him uh, <laughs> older person he's a hoot older. he's a he's a hoot <laughs> older an older guy he's an older gentleman older gentleman so when you shared a room together is is this uh, <laughs> an office it's a work room yeah it's okay office. okay I, I didn't know what uh, it was, what the work it was, was an office the living office that i think was a closet <laughs> Before it was an office because the air conditioning didn't work very well in there, so it was always hot. Oh, that's but, uh, yes, <laughs> but we made it fun. Okay. Well, <laughs> Stephen, or I mean, what you call you, Stephen, or you can call me Buck. 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 Okay, Buck. So I okay. So yeah. Chris said that okay, hey, we got this. I got this guy, this friend of mine. We can have him on. Uh, he worked on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. He's you know, we got the anniversary, the 25th anniversary coming up. Uh, we should have him on. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And he didn't inform me about the superstar that you are because I went to your IMDb page. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm a little, you know, taken aback. This may be one of the episodes where I just sit here in awe of um, all that you've done. You've worked on Avengers Affinity War, Spider-Man Homecoming, Deadpool, uh, Maleficent, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, dinosaur, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, all the Lord, the three Lord of the Rings movies, which I'm just like amazed by. So many more Spider Man three, even G Force with the uh, talking. Hamper yeah, and James and James the Giant Peach. James the yes. Giant Peach, so yeah. many. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, I posted um, I think on our Twitter that uh, we were having you on and had a link to your IMDb page, and people were just like, "This guy's amazing." Uh, oh, thanks. No, I'm just an old, just an old guy. I'm just way older than you kids, and that's why I have all those films. That's all. <laughs> if you could see my just, the room that I'm in right now, I know you can't because you're you're not on video with us. But I, the, I have like a whole shelf that's dedicated to Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, I love I loved Lord of the Rings. I'm glad that you dug that because we <laughs> were working really hard on Gollum and Schmeagol till like three and four in the morning. It was very gothic, the, the work ethic, <laughs> but people love those movies and uh, it was worth it. Like nightmare before Christmas, you know, when you put that much effort and blood into those films and you hear reactions like that, it's uh, you know, they didn't, we didn't phone it in, you know, that, that is so cool. I mean, I, I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. So many stories that we could sit here all night and listen to you just tell stories of uh, all of that. Uh, but you can't. I mean, I'll sit here and listen. <laughs> well, no, I just think that I just think that New Zealand itself, like when they struck with New Zealand after like Xena, 
and Peter Jackson landed those three tuna. I just think that shooting in New Zealand with the the green grass and all the rocky, the rocky parts where Gollum was from, mm-hmm. the textures of New Zealand and everything. It was just like like the lightning in a bottle. It's all just lined up. So I think that that was really it because people have done those Lord of the Rings films, but he nailed it by filming them all at the same time. You know, yeah. like when Frodo came back for like when Elijah and the Hobbits came back for reshoots, like a couple of years later, you know, they were young, beautiful kids, but you could see that they were older. But, you know, we were shooting out of sequence, so you couldn't see when they came back for the reshoots. But when they did, they did look different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Now, I was looking for our uh, listeners uh, on your um, – this. Chris could probably answer this too. You know, on some <laughs> of your films, it says your animation department, and some of it says that your visual effects. Could you tell us sort of the difference of what – what that is so our listeners will know well i think what's sad is the uh animation uh, and people in the animation industry they don't really have a, a cohesive bond where they have like a a voice so we're all still animators but they don't want to call us animators on these visual effects films so they call you visual visual effects yeah. artists but we're we're still animating thanos's face and mm. you know thanos walking and destroying things and and so they just won't call you what you are, which is really character animators, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so yeah, a lot of those, they're IMDb... just... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, it's, it's weird uh, the way it's listed. That's all. I never yeah. could, I couldn't figure that one out either. Yeah, a lot of them, like, especially when they're using mocap, they love to, like, just promote that. And just, like, this is motion capture. Like, this is state-of-the-art stuff. Like, these actors, they just go in and do it, and boom, you got a character right there. And exactly have to touch it type thing and so exactly. yeah they love to promote their uh their their technology basically they do. that helps they get do. them money <laughs> it's, it's true so that's that's why they have those weird little titles because i've been through that and i'm like what is this you know you couldn't see them all listed like they should have been they're all in phylums and things it's it's strange but it's just one of those things we're all animators you know we're all character animators yeah. well, cool. and speaking mm-hmm. of yeah. speaking of which uh the person you're sitting with chris street he taught me practically everything when I was at Rhythm of Hughes. That guy is a legend. Uh. Shots were amazing, and I always lean on young people because the computer blows my mind, and he was an absolute angel, so remember that. Aww. Angel. Uh. It's true. I'm on the podcast. I'm, on, I'm saying it on the podcast. <laughs> it must be true, then, if it's on it the is. podcast. <laughs> well, it's funny when I tell people that my brother's an animator, and they're like, okay. Uh, and then I tell him what movies he's worked on, and they're like, "Wait a second. So it's like his name in the credits. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you have to wait around till the end, but <laughs> no. it's in there, and he goes he's That's in amazing. There. Always, yeah, it's true. He did beautiful work at at rhythm. Those were some uh, those were some rough days. <laughs> uh, but you handled yourself quite well. Uh, <laughs> Thank, we, you. Was, Thank you. Life is good. Great. Yeah, it was, you did some good stuff there. Thanks you, for the, there was thanks, some fun yogi the, stuff. Thanks for the help. You got to learn all these new software packages when you go to these new countries. Oh, you get destroyed. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Every place has something different, and they do it different ways. Yeah. Whew. It's already yeah, like, you out. After, after doing stop motion with ten fingers, it's already like animating with chopsticks. You know, using the mouse. It's just mean spirited. The whole thing. <laughs> that is true. So, how, so how did you listen? Let's back up. How did you begin this journey? How did you get started in this field and what made you sort of or pushed you in this direction? Um, well, as a young kid, you know, because I'm 57, right? So I was born during like the King Kong 
Kong, Mighty Joe Young stuff. So I was a little geeky kid. I always thought I was really cool, but I was a geek. And um, <laughs> so I would see like Mighty Joe Young. I think the thing that rocked my rocked my world was uh, Harryhausen's uh, Cyclops character. When that thing came out of the cave yeah. and was like making that sound. And I knew that his, I knew he wasn't claymation. I could see that this what the skin was, but I didn't know what he was. I think just mm-hmm. seeing that, knowing that it was moved by hands, it rocked my world. And so I was a sculptor, and I, so I sculpted with clay and did the pottery thing. My mother dropped me in art classes. And my mother was a realtor, so she would always shine me and be showing houses. So I would stick around at the art studio and sculpt till like 8 or 9 until she picked me up. So then when I got older, I uh, tore my knee up skiing in Colorado, and I was on crutches. So I said, I'm going to make one of those clay movies. So this is the 80s when they were calling it claymation, you know, during, the, you know, Will, Raisin, Will, Will Vinton's Raisins and stuff. Yeah. So I did, a little yeah. clay, I did a little claymation movie called The Only, you know, my interpretation of the, the meteor hitting Earth and, you know, everyone getting destroyed except for a T-Rex and his nemesis, his baby, which is a baby, you know, Triceratops. So I did that movie, you know, <laughs> while I was uh, with all my, my savings uh, from waiting tables because I couldn't walk, you know, I was on these crutches. And so I did this movie. I did this movie in my uh, apartment in the 80s, like in 86, and then uh, put it in film festivals and stuff. And the Art Clokey, the Gumby Pokey creator, saw it at the Roxy Film Festival in San Fran, like in 87, 1987. And so he called me up on the phone one day at our apartment. And it was really fortuitous because I just quit my job waiting tables because I just couldn't do it anymore, you know? I mean, my hair was falling out and I'm bald, like waiting tables. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty bummed, you know, but I knew I didn't. So anyway, I quit my job and he called and it was like getting a call from Spielberg, even though he's just the claymation guy, it was still like getting, you know, so my wife was jumping up and down on the bed. It was a really big deal. So <laughs> I went, I went out and met the cloakster. That's what I nicknamed him. And he was an old guy with blue eyes, really cool old claymation guy. And I brought my wife out there on the motorcycle and, and he was a ladies' man, right? So <laughs> brilliantly, brilliantly, I brought my wife to the interview, right? Because she's quite the ass. And so he's quite the ladies' man. So next thing I knew, they're driving off in his Pontiac, and I'm following them on the motorcycle. So I got hired. You know, I got hired and started working at Gumby, you know, working at Gumby, doing claymation, doing Gumby and Pokey for, you know, the TV show in the 80s. And then the Gumby people, um, should I just keep rolling? On, yeah, on like, go. Well, yeah, go right okay. ahead. Yeah. Okay, so then after like the after years of being at Gumby, um, everyone got really really good, you know, doing claymation nine to five every day. So everyone became kind of like a master claymation person because we were like putting strings underneath Gumby's arms and making him jump. Today they they've got these rigs like at Leica where you just put the rig in the back and they paint it out later. But these are the days when we had to put strings, fishing wire <laughs> underneath Gumby and Pokey's <laughs> armpits, you know, and then get a black sharpie <laughs> and blacken them out so the light wouldn't pick up the strings on film. And it was insane. Someone would open the door and they would blow and you have to settle it with a feather. So these were those days. So, so we all got really good at like renegade filmmaking and uh, you know you know strings and you know as the Kiwis would say you know number nine wire but anyway <laughs> so we all got really clever doing it that and so then um we all kind of moved into commercials we were doing that the little ritz commercials the 
you know, the Hershey's kiss with almonds over a colossal. And then Tim Burton granted, oh, yeah. gave the green light to Henry Selleck and they started doing nightmare before Christmas in the South of market. You know, that's really funky. Of course, San Francisco now is worth a trillion dollars, but this was like the funky neighborhood of San Francisco, very dodgy at night. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where Skellington studios was located. And so, all of us that came from Gumby went to Nightmare Before Christmas. And since it was like second nature to us, you know, these big new puppets that were all like, you know, $20,000 each, you know, these beautiful armature puppets, um, the animation was still impossible, but we were all pretty, pretty seasoned, you know? Wow. Mm -hmm. So then we, you know, we rocked on Nightmare. That was like a three-year project. And uh, all the little babies that were born on Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> uh, where they put all their names, because it was a three-year project, they put all their names on the Christmas list. And uh, my daughter, oh, wow. Allison, is like the fourth little baby. So like when Jack's in the sky, uh, you see her little name. So it's just great oh, cool. lore. So so that movie, you know, awesome. came out. And, you know, that was like stop motion was was very, very hot, you know, because it was number one at the box office. And it was ridiculous because they were puppets, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> at the time when we were making it, um, like uh, Disney was uncomfortable, you know, because like Santa Claus was getting his butt kicked and getting thrown <laughs> all around. And so, you know, they didn't have they didn't have their name on it in the beginning, uh, Disney, because they thought this is really adult fare. Yeah. You know, we're going to throw it to Touchstone. So originally it was Touchstone. But then when the film became like a cult classic and they turned Disneyland into, <laughs> into Halloween town and stuff, it's like, you know, now they do the guy that smiles, you know, the guy, they have the guy that's, that does the Disney voice that they make him smile when he does it for a limited time only. So that's how they got that guy. Like you're really, really pumping that movie now you know? from Walt Disney feature animation nightmare, you know? So it was great that it really, really splashed and we were all very, very surprised. But the thing about it was, was that even though we just finished it and it was an incredible masterpiece, Jurassic Park came out like 20 minutes later oh. and we were all sitting there with our tools <laughs> and our surface gauges and it was, the glory lasted about nine and a half minutes or like half a lunch. Oh. Everyone's like, have you seen Jurassic Park? There's dinosaurs in the rain. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, we all, all of us stop motion guys, not all of us, but people like me had mm -hmm. to learn the computer. And uh, that was really, 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 really difficult. But I, I finally got through it, you know. But I still have to have young guys help me where stuff is because I just wasn't raised on a computer. I didn't even play pinball machines, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then, so then Nightmare ended. And then I start, struggled on to another little TV show. Uh, uh, it was called the things that go bump and I started up, you know, and then James and giant peach started up and we went on to work onto that for, you know, a couple of years and they mixed live action with that, which I wish it was all, I wish the beginning was stop motion, but, um, and like stop motion, mm -hmm. black and white, like Tim Burton's Vincent. But, uh, it, that was like a different, different kind of film, you know, but it was critically acclaimed and the 25 year anniversary of that, that film will be up in three years, which is crazy. So now that yeah. I'm old, all I do is go to 25 year <laughs> yeah. anniversary parties. There you go. You just go to parties when you're older. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You just that's walk around. Awesome. So, <laughs> so, so Peach was beautiful, and we, we loved Peach, and a and, uh, you know, very, very beautiful film, beautiful animation. And then, um, you know, because I'm working with all these these master animators. I mean, the, uh, the guys that I was working under, like, here's a perfect example. If there's any animators out there or any, you know, cinephiles or geeks or whatever, there's a guy named Trey Thomas who was the top animator on Nightmare Before Christmas. 
And he just had it like a McCartney or – well, there were a couple of guys. They were like the Fabulous Four or the Magnificent Seven on Nightmare. And, uh, and I wasn't one of them. <laughs> but I was running at the end of the pack, you know, cramping up. But, you know, keeping pace but not, you know. And I was happy to be in that – I was happy to be in that race too, I can tell you. But anyway, um, this guy's name was Trey Thomas, and he did beautiful stuff. And the scene that I want you to look at that Trey Thomas did was when um, – um, lock, lock, shock and barrel kidnap Santa Claus and they're walking through the gate and they get to the gate and the gate opens up and Santa Claus starts saying some stuff through the bag. Like, you know, haven't you heard of goodwill towards children or something like that? Look at the mm-hmm. little, uh, Pee Wee Herman characters, devil's tail. He does this <laughs> twirly tail animation that absolutely boggles my mind. And I do this stuff, <laughs> you know, so he was doing <laughs> stuff like, yeah, he was doing stuff like that. And he, he animated all of Sally's songs right into this oh, wow. story. It was the most it was the most painful thing that ever happened to me in the history of animation. And I should tell you this story because it's hysterical. But they call <laughs> me up. They they call me up because you know I was the last one to get hired on, on Nightmare. You know because they had all their they had their Magnificent Seven. So I get called up to finish Trey Thomas's Sally's song. It's just it's just the musicians. It's just the musicians looking up their little song and like one has a big accordion that's a fish and the other one's playing a big stand-up bass and the other one is a sax player so there's these three little musicians that are just sitting there and they call me up and they said you want to come in and finish uh, trey thomas's song trey's got to move on over to you know he's got to move over to sally and, and the evil scientist and i'm like well why doesn't trey just finish his song to finish his song well you know <laughs> they're like look at the scheduling thing do you want to do it or not i was like well, yeah yeah i'll come in and do it so i went in there to, to do it and um i didn't know what i was doing because i hadn't worked there yet you know and so these puppets were very very strange so the middle puppet had this accordion and um as i'm animating we only had these things called frame grabbers which only grabbed three frames two stored and one live so you could see if stuff was going smoothly, but you couldn't see the pace of the shot or anything like they have now. So you only had three scenes. So all you heard on all these sets were because you're trying to click it real fast, trying to get a rhythm, you know? So that's all we had. To make a long story short, I accidentally started touching the accordion, the little, the little spongy thing in the middle. And so I worked till I worked till like five in the morning, you know, because it was so difficult you know, the sets were huge trying to navigate my big fat stomach through the set so i finished my shot and when i finished it the thing about animation that humbles you is that when you think that you've done a really really good job you're toast <laughs> because it's going to be crap <laughs> and, and so after i left there on my motorcycle like at 5 30 i was like thinking i've made it i'm a disney animator i'm crushing the game and so I get home and I'm waiting for like the accolades the next day and no call comes in. And so I call the studio. I go, hey, man, what's, what's going on? Did you do the morning run with the shot? They're like, yeah, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what happened? They go, they use this word. They go, well, there was a lot of there was a lot of chatter on the accordion. I go, what? Because <laughs> I was touching the thing, so it was twitching all over the, the, the scene, and it was supposed to be like mellow, finishing Trey Thomas's, you know, brilliantly animated song. And so I was like, oh, oh, I go, well, what does that mean? They go, well, we can't use it. <laughs> I was like, and they go, and at, the, at this point, I'd worked till six in the morning. I was chugging Excedrin 
And I was just trying to get through the shot. So I'm home and my body's like throbbing. And I'm pretty young. I'm like in my early 30s, right? But my, my body's just throbbing from the trauma of animating those three musicians. And I, they go, do you want to, uh, they go, do you want to come back in and reshoot it? And I said, uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> so and, and so I hung up, you know. So I hung up, and, and I didn't know what to do, you know. So I got I got little babies at home. I don't know what to do. So I go out in the garden and I start to do like you know build a sandbox like a like a crazy geek, right? So all of a sudden my wife pulls open the window and she says, "Are you gonna run from this? Are you gonna hit it head on?" We got in this huge argument because, of course, I told her, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> and so she talked me back into it. So then I called them back up a couple hours later and I said, all right, uh, yeah, I can come back in and give that a try. They go, all right, that sets up for you. And Trey Thomas is going to talk to you about what and what not to do. And so I went in there and Trey <laughs> Thomas goes, Trey Thomas goes, Buckley, were you touching the accordion? Uh, and, of course, you know, I didn't lie. I go, I, I did. He goes, don't touch the accordion. He goes, every time you animate the accordion player, grab each wrist at the same point and either pull or push. Never, ever touch the accordion. Let it do what it does, but animate the wrist only. And so he told me that. I went in, I nailed the shot, and they hired me. So that wow. was like my most traumatic time, like going back in. And, <laughs> and, you know, when I went back in for the reshoot and I was back on that set the next day <laughs> with my body still throbbing from no sleep and et cetera, I'm like, what am I doing? I was shaking. But, um, yeah, I, I got that off, and that was the most challenging part of the stop motion because at Nightmare Before Christmas, if you did, like, three bad shots in a row, you were out because they had, oh, you know, wow. they had, like, 12 masters that weren't getting reshoots. They were nailing every shot, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. So very, very wow. humbling, uh, my start there. So that's that was the stop motion uh, end of the journey right there. The uh, After that um, – after Peach wrapped up, um, it kind of dry. You kind of dried up. It's only like Tim Burton and now Wes Anderson that are doing those films, you know, and Leica. Mm -hmm. So that ended the yeah. stop motion thing, and it was very difficult for all of us because we we're all pretty seasoned at stop motion, but we had to go learn how to animate with chopsticks on the computer or on a mouse, you know. <laughs> and it's crazy though because I mean it's it's twenty five years later, and Nightmare Before Christmas is probably as popular or more as it's ever been. And it's just crazy how, you know, Oh, that's beautiful. And I mean, it's, Oh yeah. And, and the animation still holds up. Yeah. I mean, it's still good. I mean, you look at like some, some of the older movies and stuff. I mean, it's, they're good. I mean, they're, they're still good, but I mean, like everything has progressed so much that now it's just like, you can't tell the difference between like 3d and stop motion and some of the stuff. But like, Nightmare Before Christmas still has it's still beautifully animated. the The songs are great. The story is great. There's it's probably one of my favorite movies. I love it too. I just I just saw it at Lucas's Skywalker mm. Ranch, and it's it really is. I wanted to do like a Rocky Horror Picture thing where you know every single scene that comes up, you yell like three reshoots. I remember you scratched your car. You know, just be yelling <laughs> because we, I know every time I see every scene, I know who got in a fight with their girlfriend. You know, we had pizza that night. Someone. I, I, <laughs> had the gall to order a filet mignon, you know, those kind of things. The memories are fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, no, I know. I'm, I'm glad that film has lasted because people put their blood into it. I mean, we were out on those stages. I swear to God, we were trembling. <laughs> <laughs>
So how was uh, Skywalker Ranch? Because I. It is absolutely <laughs> magnificent, and it took me 57 years to see it. Of course, I lived in Northern California, but I never had the the gall or the gumption to like drive through there and try to get a tour. But it's just George Lucas is like <laughs> Howard Hughes. He's a major mogul. He's yeah. one oh, of yeah. the greatest film moguls, and he's changed like millions of people's lives. When I see how many of my friends post like George Lucas, you know, Star Wars stuff, it has made their lives happy. So that guy, I just walked around in awe. Like, this guy is a mogul, like the last <laughs> mogul of all moguls. It was beautiful. It was, it was, it was so windy, the road in there. It took forever that I thought if you work there, it takes you like 45 minutes, 50 minutes to get in there because it's so gorgeous. <laughs> anyway, very beautiful, very, very nice setting. The director of photography, who's like a mastermind, like a Stephen Hawking's type mind. Um, his name is Pete Kazachek, and he was the one that made all those camera moves and the motion cat, you know, he, and he mm. was in charge of all the camera crews. So he's got early onset Alzheimer's. So mm. the VES, the visual mm. effects society threw that at Lucas, you know, so that it was really special and he was there. So that was really, really significant, you know, oh, wow. lovely though, lovely, lovely night. And, you know, no, no one recognized me because I had like brown hair and I, I was going bald. I had a pretty big hell ring, but I still had that little scaling in a hair in the front and it was brown. <laughs> and now I'm just like a bald guy with like a Popeye, Popeye beard. And no one recognized me. People were walking by me. I had to introduce myself <laughs> to people. <laughs> Ridiculous. I don't know how anybody could forget you, Buck. Well, uh, the, you're very you, sweet to say so, but that. it's like the it's like the white beard <laughs> threw them off. Like no one else has white white hair. Like they're maybe, they've got like a touch of gray. But I look like Popeye's father, you know, out on the boat. That's funny. He's had so, like cor the really corncob pipe sitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can be for Halloween. All I got to do is get a corncob pipe and a hat for like eight dollars, and I'm set. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so after you uh, you <laughs> learned the computers, uh, for lack of a better better term, how did that how did that uh, change you? How did that sort of diving into basically this new world of animation? Well, luckily for me at Disney Dinosaur, that was a very very rich time at Disney where uh, they just made a bundle on The Lion King. So the orientation, they had those like brilliant opera singers singing like from Hercules. Yeah. Um, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> and so, and so this thing, we're doing mime today. Put your, don't sit on your desk. We're going to the zoo to draw, you know, the ostrich feet as they release from the ground. We're studying rhino skin today. We're looking at elephant folds. It was ridiculous. So they were really, <laughs> really great. But luckily I had young guys there like Chris Street that was, that saw me struggling <laughs> on the computer. I had three kids and I got an ulcer because, you know, I got there and I was just struggling until finally, of course, Trey Thomas, who transitioned into CG, said to me, Buckley, just animate straight ahead on five, like in stop motion. Forget this, you know, cycle crap. Straight ahead is what you know. <laughs> Do it. And so then that's how I learned at the end of Walt Disney's Dinosaur how to animate us is that they block blocking on fives on uh, in stop motion and so then i just started doing on fives on the computer and then cleaning that up so that everything was clean and it was on fives and then i would move it to threes and keep some on fives and that kind of stuff and that is how i learned to work on the computer and i survived and my ulcer went away so it was a tough 
it was a tough learning curve. And then right when I learned, um, Lord of the Rings came to town, like in 99, like in the late 90s. And uh, I hadn't read the Lord of the Rings because, you know, I was raised in upstate New York and they were making us read like Edgar Allan Poe and stuff. And I didn't read Lord of the Rings. But um, so I interviewed those guys downtown L.A. And I was like, you know, I was trying to be honest. I was like, I've not read Lord of the Rings. Can I still come down there and work? They go, oh, can. So they hired me. And it was unbelievable. So I was the first animator hired. In 99, so I ripped the kids out of their schools and uh, we left Santa Monica, <laughs> which was absolutely, you know, grace. So we went down to New Zealand and we lived down there for uh, seven years. And, um, you know, it was it was magical because the Kiwis mm-hmm. are lovely people, you know, like there were very, very people down. It was right before Pete was big, you know, because he would still come to our desks and do walk through like that before he, and then after that, he just became, you know, huge, you know, but, uh, <laughs> New Zealand was probably the seven, seven best years of our lives. You know, that place was just stunning. Oh, wow. So what all did yeah, you, uh, looks... yeah. What all did you do on, did you have any like key, uh, spots in the little rings that you want to sort of go through or what were your, uh, favorite things to animate? I did a lot of Gollum and Schmeagle. Cool. I, uh, I I like doing uh, Gollum. Uh, I, I like doing Gollum when he was catching the fish and singing and smacking it really hard on the rock. You know, the pool mm-hmm. is nice and cool, so juicy, sweet. That little sequence <laughs> I did in there, and then, then I like I like doing <laughs> did that, and then I did some other stuff where you know he's you know talking to Gollum, you know, in the in the in the reflection. So my buddy was animating. Gollum, you know, because when we animated Gollum, we made him with beadier eyes and tighter lips, you know, and and, and, and then when we went to Schmeagle, we puffed out his lips and made his pupils bigger. So Schmeagle looked more like a little boy, and then Gollum looked like, looked like a really mean, you know, goblin, you know. Wow. And so I did some stuff there where he's leading him up the Shelob's uh, lair, you know, where he's like, you know, we lead them to the windy stair, you know, and a bunch of stuff in the, <laughs> and, and the two towers with Gollum. So pretty much I was doing Gollum. <laughs> while Sam and Frodo climbed, climbed, you know, Mordor. So I was like on that journey with them, which is, it seems like in all these films that I do, all these characters, all they ever do are climb up these incredible mountains and something gnarly happens. And then there's like a big, like, you know, talk about it, like down below, like, oh, that was some mountain. It seems like all these films. So, you know, it's very similar. They're very similar. But I, yeah, I love doing those. I, I did mainly, you know, I did go out here to the eagle and the oh, trolls man. attacking and, and Gollum and Schmeagle and a little bit of tree beer, you know. But yeah, it was just it was just great being down there because, um, you know, right living right next door to us was Sir Ian McKellen. So like one night oh. we'd be cooking and we and Deborah would go, kids, go next door to Ian's and get salt. <laughs> so <laughs> they'd go to Ian's house. They'd go to Ian's house and live next door and he'd be over there barefoot with some friends and um, – <clears throat> He's in incredible shape too. So he's only like 60 at the time. Still older than I am now, which is amazing. And uh, the kids came back with like <laughs> this huge salt container, you know, that said like, good taste is, a th- is good taste is hard to find in people. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Sir Ian, you know, and he, he signed the, the salt. And so we like, we never used it. You know, the thing's full of salt. But we're like, we don't want anyone to smudge the little writing or anything. And we laughed. And so that was like New Zealand, you know, like we'd be on, on the front of our house, and um, our little girl, Allie, would be at the end of a dock, and we'd see some orcas. And we'd say, Allie, Allie, look, there's orcas. And they came really close to the dock, and one of them sprayed the mist all over her. She was, it stinks, it stinks. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, it was insane. And then we had all these little penguins, these little blue penguins that used to 
um, you know, they were down there because, you know, your next neighbor is Antarctica, right? So it's not that outrageous <laughs> that there's penguins there because it's freezing in New Zealand. The water is like ice. <laughs> so we had these little penguins that uh, always um, that always crossed. So like when you're walking from one eye, trembling, you know, from animating Gollum, you know, trembling to like, um, you'd be walking down like a little path, like at 9.45, 10 o'clock at night, and coming up the path with a mouthful of fish is some little fat blue penguin. <laughs> because they go like a couple hundred yards up. So they'd pass you on the footpath. You're like, oh my God, this is, this is fantastic. New Zealand. <laughs> so, you know, um, just a, a crazy, crazy place. But yeah, I've got some, <laughs> I've got some, Great, great stories, but I don't think we've got time for that. But my God, we had a great time down there. It's great. <laughs> so then, and so then, you know, that was we we're getting ready to leave, you know, because the Americans. What happens in at Wellington, New Zealand, is it's very windy, and so it's not Chicago windy. It's windy like you open your car door at a gas station and it gets blown the other way, denting the front panel of the car window. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's really, really windy. Like 70. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's what happened to my car door one night. I had a nice little Honda Accord. <laughs> so it just went <laughs> and blew the other way. And I was like, that's uh, that's some strong wind. That's some strong wind. <laughs> so uh so Lord of the Lord of the Rings was wrapping up. It was very emotional, you know, the little Frodo goes to the Grey Havens to die. And so it was just like the end of a journey. It was fantastic. We had finished the three. And just as we're getting ready to finish, you know, Deborah starts packing and says, we got to get out of here. You know, it's been great. They're like, we are doing King Kong. <laughs> so, of course, you know, being the <laughs> ultimate geek, I turned to her and said, we cannot leave. This is my life. She goes, who cares about King Kong? I said, I do. <laughs> so, you know, I kept them there the extra, you know, two years for King Kong. And, um, of course, I loved Loved that because I thought that, you know, I thought it was a little long like everybody, but uh, I love that <laughs> Peter Jackson, who loved it so much, said, I'm going to make it three hours and seven. How's that sound? <laughs> and they all said, oh, we're not going to argue with you. That sounds good. We're not arguing with you. So they didn't. And, um, and that was very enjoyable. And so during that filming of King Kong, um, I'm a New Yorker. So there were a lot of Kiwis down there. And I'm like, well, they really need a New Yorker in this film. So I heard that Elijah Wood, when he wanted to get the role of Frodo, I heard that he uh, like sent a little tape to Pete and Fran Jackson, the directors yeah. of, uh, of Lord of the Rings. That's this in case people I'm dropping. So um, <laughs> you know he sent, he, sent, he sent them like a little uh, he sent them like a little film of him in the woods. You know like uh, you know being Frodo essentially. And uh, so I said I'm gonna do that for King Kong. <laughs> you know I'm gonna I'm gonna send them a black and white little movie of me as an obnoxious photographer who upsets Kong, and maybe I'll get a cameo. And so. I spent a fortune and got the old clothes and the old camera of the flash. And my buddy cut me into the old black and white footage. And so I shot a little scene of me going, Hey, Denim, how about a picture of you and the girl, you know, talking all over the world. And so I dropped that in their mailbox. And, um, anyway, lo and behold, they gave me a role as the cowardly cabbie, you know, of Adrian Brody's cab driver. Yeah. So, you know, once I got to be in the movie with Adrian, it was just, you know, I was, my head was in a cloud. It was just like, you know, Peter Jackson just let me do it all. You know, it was, it was fantastic. And the funny thing was, was that when I got on the set, there was like 50 people there. It was a really hot day. And this woman standing there with an umbrella over Peter. He's, he's just grown to these unbelievable lengths. Right. And so we're there and I'm so <laughs> nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm about to pass out. Yeah. You know? So I'm trying to act 
cool. Like, yeah, I deserve to be in this movie with Adrian Brody, who's just won an Oscar with uh, Roman Polanski. Yeah, I deserve to be here. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the car, and uh, so Pete comes up to me and he goes, "Okay, uh, Buck, uh, what's your line? What's your line here?" And I looked at him, and I was so nervous, I just shut down and I just froze. I, I froze and just turned to him and said, "Yeah." And he just looked at me. <laughs> And dipped his glasses like, is this guy for real? And I was just so <laughs> nervous. And I, yeah, so that was the that was the whole um, New Zealand thing, you know. We finished up Kong, and um, and then it was time to go, you know, because I think the wind down there just drives people insane. I was I was willing to stay forever down there. <laughs> <laughs> so one. One time my wife turned to me, she goes, you mean you're settling for this wind, tin roofs and meat pies? And I was like, yeah, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, she's an American, of course, like me, and she wanted to get the kids back. So we moved back to uh, we moved back for Spider-Man three. Sam Raimi was doing Spider-Man three. And um, so Sony moved us back and we went back for that adventure and, uh, you know, raised, she's, we decided to raise the kids in Malibu and uh, I worked on Spider-Man 3, which was great fun. I mean, it was a little bit, a little bit too many characters in that film, kind of like there were <laughs> too, too many songs in Nightmare, you know, but of course, not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple too many songs, but, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, Spider-Man 3 was a great, was a great vibe. And I, and I, I didn't, I didn't realize how lucky we were to be in California. You know, I took it all for granted, you know. <laughs> because you know there's not much going on in California anymore and it's quite uh, the place. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah, pretty much everything's gone up to to Canada, which where you're at now. You're up in That's that's where I that's where I that's where I <laughs> that's where I came to work is up here. And so that whenever I go back to Los Angeles to visit and I see how beautiful it is, like you're out at Chipotle or you're at a movie, I'm like, I just keep yelling. <laughs> I just keep yelling, America, America. <laughs> and I get mad at everybody for living there because they don't know how good they've got it, you know. Uh, why do you keep yelling that like it's amazing here (laughs) so everything everything just it's amazing everything seems so so rich when i go back there i just can't believe how good we had it you know yeah but uh, life is life is beautiful you know canada vancouver is wonderful great people just like the kiwis you know yeah so how how was it i mean how was it working on infinity war like was it uh how I much, loved it. How much of the story did you get to know when you were making the actual film? A very, very, very little because, you know, everyone's got a big yapper, you know? Yeah. And uh, they only <laughs> tell you what they what they want you to or need you to know. And I think there's a lot of different, you know, they have a lot of good miscommunication, you know, misinformation going. So that way people don't ruin stuff, you know, because yeah. they're, trying to, they're mm-hmm. trying to preserve this magical thing they're doing, you know, which are these you know, these, these films that are huge events, you know, like everyone saw Infinity War and it was just so great. I haven't had that feeling since Nightmare. Like 25 years it's taken to repeat the feeling <laughs> of like people have actually gone to see it. Like, hey, I saw that movie. <laughs> you went and saw it? <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Deadpool too. Deadpool was a, a slick, oh, yeah. like it almost seemed like a Kickstarter film. And that was a, a amazing, you know, uh, low budget but i thought the first one had like a lot of heart but yeah. no the mm-hmm. feeling the feeling that we got after avengers is just uh you know we don't care about the box office gross it's just how good like we heard that other studios were talking about thanos and then i ran into a couple of animators 
that are like, you know, like your level, like Chris Street level, like master <laughs> animators. And they were great guys. They were like supervisors at other studios. And we ran into them. And they're like big, big heavy hitters, right? A-listers. And they stopped. We started chewing, you know, chopping it up, talking. And they're like, did you guys, uh, did you guys do Thanos? <laughs> so the, the, the respect was just it felt so great it's like yeah we did you know those shots like you know, it was so hard getting approvals you know so so hard when you got an, a Thanos approval shot of him talking it was like it was like he just won the lottery you know like stop motion <laughs> like, like a miracle yeah. just a miracle <laughs> that's so cool that you worked you worked on Thanos I mean that Josh uh, that Josh uh, Brolin is um He's a, a phenomenal talent. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's just phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Job, his yeah. voice, his voice is like, is like, you know, I love George Clooney's voice in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, you know, um, mm -hmm. when, when you hear it talking to Meryl Streep, it's just so, and the cadence of, of, of Brolin's voice is just perfect. You know, he's just the best. Yeah. Like I, I oh, really yeah. wanted him to be uh, Batman. I was like, oh, he needs, to, oh yeah. he needs to be Batman. He would have, he would have been good. He would have been good as that. Mm -hmm. He's, he's, he's doing so much, you know. So yeah, yeah. That yeah, was before, like that was before he was Thanos and stuff. I was like, man, this guy needs to be Batman one day. And then like, yeah. then he got cast as Thanos, and I was like, well, that works too. <laughs> that yeah, <laughs> that that actually rivals the old Batmanster. Yeah, but it was, I mean, Infinity War, <laughs> like you were talking about, you know, when I saw the movie. Uh, you know, the people that I was sitting besides complete strangers, like, you know, at the moments in, in the, at the, at the end of the movie, like they started like crying and weeping and, and like, they go, I can't believe they're doing this to our heroes. And I, know. And I just sort of like, after it's over. They're so great. Yeah. Like there's like, they're so crying <laughs> after the movie is over. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, ladies. I, you know, I don't mean to butt in, uh, but I just want you to know it's, it's all going to be okay. They've all signed up for more movies. They will be back. <laughs> Yeah, it's so that's no, it's when I went and saw it and, and, and I was working on it and I saw everyone working on the um, I saw everyone working on the uh, the fight, you know, the opening fight where where, you know, Hulk just gets mm. owned. Yeah. And it was just like such yeah. a statement, like the brilliance, the brilliance of them putting that set piece in the beginning of the film as a, as an audience member and also as a character animator, I thought. They just don't mess around. That just opened like, and, and you know, it's like, it's like Thanos gave Hulk such a butt kicking that he couldn't become Hulk again. He got like emasculated by the yeah. beatdown. I thought it was like yeah. the storyline. I couldn't believe how brilliant. And these are comic books. I'm like, why, why didn't I know this? <laughs> so I, I loved it. I, I think it's just the integrity is just, just marvelous, you know? So, yeah. and it's great. It's great. It's just like Lord of the Rings. They respect it so much that people will go see it and be excited. So it has to be protected. Yeah. You know, mm. um, I am very lucky and we're all very lucky because, uh, like I say, they don't phone it in, you know, yeah. they do not phone it in. So no one will be walking away disappointed. Like the, you know, like other stuff, you know, Star Wars. What, <laughs> what? Like, you know, it's, just, it's, like, it's like Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings came out. It was like, they were, you know, Peter Jackson and his wife just respected it so much. Yeah. That you know, mm -hmm. you believed little Frodo with his little blue eyes and stuff, and then you know, then when you see him sail away to the Grey Havens to die, you're just like, uh, oh, this is heavy stuff. You yeah, know? it's great storytelling. That's all it is. We all love the mythology, the, the cave stories. You know, we still love them. So I have a, uh, I have a question here. We 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 put on our 
social media stuff that you were coming on. And I don't remember who asked the question. Chris, do you remember? It was, um, it was uh, Apgar, Dave Apgar. I, I love Dave Apgar, a fine person. sportsman. Oh, yeah. He, so he asked us a question, <laughs> and, and <laughs> I, it's an interesting question. You can answer it if you want to, or you could just say no comment. He said, I love, I love that guy who asked the question, so I'll probably answer yeah. it. He said, uh, can, you, can you name the top five nicknames that you've bestowed upon people through your career and uh, that they're you're the most proud of, and the stories behind them. <laughs> oh, that is pretty <laughs> funny. That Dave Apgar is a funny, funny guy. He's got huge hands, and he can throw a football like, <laughs> like that guy from Kansas City. I forget his name, Mahomes or something. Um, okay, my five my five talk nicknames. Okay, one of them that comes to mind was a weightlifter. Um, uh, a weightlifter. Uh, at Disney, and he was very, very small, a very, very uh, petite individual, but he was uh, built like uh, like Lou Ferrigno, like so big, so big that, um, you know, I don't know how he did anything with his giant arms. And anyway, I was in the elevator with him at Disney doing Walt Disney's Dinosaur back in the late 90s, and um, the elevator broke, and I was stuck in the elevator with him. And he's, you know, really big, and he's kind of pacing around the elevator, and, you know, we were wondering what was going on. And then they fixed it because it's Disney and they're switched on. And so it was only like, you know, 38 seconds. And um, someone goes, I heard you got stuck in the elevator. I go, yeah, yeah. They go, who are you stuck in there with? I go, I'm stuck in this little guy. And I started to describe him. I go, Mowgli Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> so Mowgli, Mowgli Schwarzenegger uh, is one of my favorites. And then um, there's, there's, another, there's another guy that I, I knew that I'm going to be vague about. But he was, um, he was, he, he got, you know, put on some weight and, um, he was a great competitor and I knew him, a great guy and he put on some weight and he had a beard and it was a very Christ looking beard. So I nicknamed him chubby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just became CJ for short. CJ. <laughs> and then, CJ. Nice. And then, and then there was another, there was another one that wasn't like that, you know, uh, um, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, these, these nicknames are silly, but, um, it was, it was a person who put on, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, those come to mind. Those, those couple come to mind. There are a lot of them, but I mean, I'm kind of like so rocked by the question. I'm so, so rocked <laughs> that I can't really even think straight, but maybe, you know, as we chat a little bit longer before I split, um, a couple more of those will come to mind, but yeah, Mowgli Schwarzenegger, you know, um, okay. There was a guy I worked with who was from, um, <clears throat> who was from Nebraska and he was a big wide guy. And I nicknamed him the steak fry because he was wide, like a steak fry that you get with the steak. And so the steak fry was, you know, was a, was a favorite. <laughs> and then, um, um, there was a one guy that had no up and down in his walk. And, um, I didn't get him the hovercraft, no why guy, because he walked with no why in his walk. So he was just no why guy. Silly, silly, stupid. Those, I mean, that's a computer geek. And then there was a woman, there was a woman named Fong who worked with me at Weta. And of course, everyone asked if I knew Fong, and I kept saying, "You mean Fong Lambert?" You know, those are two textures on computers, and that was really stupid. And um, yeah, so so I have a lot of. They're not mean spirited. It's just that as an animator, sometimes I'm cursed by my observations because I, I was the youngest of six, 
and um, I observed a great deal. So I, I I can't draw the people like those great Disney caricature guys that do with the light blue pencils. But I like to. Mm-hmm. I love imitating people. I love imitating people, and people love seeing themselves imitated. But I don't ever want it to be mean spirited because then it's just like hurts their feelings, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's tough trying to be a comic, you know. You know, you fail mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot of fails when you're a comic. <laughs> a lot Abby, of fails. <laughs> You've, you've had a lot of triumphs too. So. Yeah, I, I have, I have, but my middle name is failure. I mean, I mean, I do, I do, um, I do these things now cause I'm older. Right. So someone sees me, said to me, you should go do commercials. You know, you're old and you can sell pills on CNN. I go, good idea. So I get an agent and I go on all these auditions for like, you know, new Lester, you're dying. Take it. Your eyes are bleeding. You know, those things that just have the unbelievable, like, you know, like the disclaimers at the end of them. So I've been doing yeah. a lot of those auditions, you know, and you never get them. And you go on so many auditions and it's a lot of failure, but it's always good. It's always good fun, but it's a lot of failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like Wayne Gretzky says, he made 100 percent of the sh- he missed 100 percent of the shots he didn't take or something yeah. brilliant like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, life is good. <laughs> just keep at it, and you'll get one of those uh, old man commercials. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, when you see me selling something that'll make you go mm-hmm. blind and get like polio, please take it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. If I see you on the commercial, I'm buying it. Yeah, I, well, I got, I got one. I, I got in one where they cast me as. Um, antique man because i'm such a fossil looking guy and i was an i was an antiques road show i was an antiques road show appraiser so the commercial is called be secure and it's for brink security and um and so like i'm i'm like an appraiser and it's about all these all these these vignettes that happen like you know i thought this dog this guard dog would protect us you know i i was sure that you know i would win the lottery i was sure that she would win the election and they cut to mine, and I'm like the little appraiser, and the woman's holding a little, a little, a little rooster or something, and it says rooster valued five dollars. And she goes, "I was sure it'd be worth more." And all I do is a head turn to the camera, and that was my whole spot. So, <laughs> I, so I, I got in front of the old guy. I'm like, I'm sure it was the best head turn. I'm looking best that up. Turn. <laughs> it's it's real brand. It's real Brando. Real real method head turn. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're in the head of that antique salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I really bought it. <laughs> I'm finding that after after we get through. I'm finding that commercial. <laughs> it's yeah, there's a third. There's a thirty second one. Our skit was not very funny or very very uh, entertaining. So we're in the weaker section of that commercial. They have a thirty second one. You got to find the sixty second sixty second one. Okay. <laughs> and good luck. Good luck. well uh, well since uh dave apgar since he asked the question of all the um the nicknames and stuff i always liked the nickname you had for him Um, oh uh, what was uh, it it yeah it was uh future chubbadoo (laughs) uh (laughs) i was so on the money i was so on the money because he, he he's Latino and he loves to eat. When I go with that oh, guy, yeah. when I go to that guy's house, we are having like food, right? And then we're having like brownie <laughs> sundays. And I'm like, we're eating like children. We are gonna die. <laughs> I leave there with my heart, like massaging my heart. You know, like I can't hang out with thirty year olds. 
<laughs> uh, that's, oh, geez, see, yeah. that's uh, see, I, I forgot that nickname because it's not it's not kind. Yeah. So I kind of blocked it out of my uh, hippocampus region. Uh, but but it works. It works. I mean, he was. We, there was a uh, sandwich restaurant we would go to, Rinaldi's, best sandwiches that you can get, like in LA, for for, for my two cents at least. Um, they were great. And he had. They were great, and he had the whole menu printed out on pieces of paper, and uh, attached to the wall next to his desk. And he just went through the whole list, just checking them off as he got each sandwich. So he would make his way through all the lists and have every sandwich that they made there. What? And <laughs> yeah, and his goal was for them to have them name a sandwich after them after himself. Uh, <laughs> Well, if he it's accomplished too, that, but it's too it's too bad they didn't, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he, he would sit there. He would sit there at his desk and wiggle his little leg, like up and down, like twitching, looking over, looking over at the menu with like you know with a little sly grin. And I just thought this guy loves Chow. But yeah, that nickname is uh, yeah, it's not, not it's not a high five <laughs> one. So yeah, I kind of forgot it. <laughs> Funny that you brought it up though. <laughs> That's funny. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Dave Apgar, you, you really, you really threw a great curveball there with the Apgar. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Cutting edge that's journalism. Un- <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, he's the great. He's the greatest guy. He lives up here. I see oh, him yeah. once in a while. Once in a while, I see him. That's cool. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's a good guy. I haven't seen him in a while because he's been up there. And I'm down in Texas. There's, there's quite a few of you guys up there. Yeah, uh, he, looks, know. So got- he looks good. Aaron was up here, and then he moved. To, he moved to Seattle, which is a lovely town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He got into games. This is where this is where the work is. You know, you have to go where the work is. So, oh, so yeah, let's do it. You know. Yeah. Luckily, oh, yeah. It's, luckily, it's Vancouver. So, you know, we've got rain now till June. But if you're strong, you can make it through into into you know paradise. <laughs> Summers up here are beautiful. <laughs> Just got to be strong like a salamander. No. <laughs> so what? One last question, and then because uh, gosh, we've been talking for over an hour. Um, That's ridiculous. I told you it goes by <laughs> fast. It goes by fast. Uh, so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> think of us as your therapist. Absolutely are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so is there a dream project that you would love to work on that you have not got to work on? Yes, and I won't be working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go <laughs> it's uh it's it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio being shot in London oh and that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna rival Nightmare and it's gonna be it's gonna be Guillermo and the animation's gonna be mind shattering and the puppets are gonna be mind altering you know they're made by a company named McKinnon and Saunders who are these British guys that make the most beautiful armatures they they came over with the British invasion on Nightmare in, in the 90s and Whenever we had the pleasure of working with those puppets, same with Fantastic Mr. Fox, that film to me, I, I, I felt the same way about where the wild things are. And then when I saw the end result, that was okay by like not being mm-hmm. involved with it. But that was one of my favorites as a kid. But Pinocchio, well, you know, when those kids turned into donkeys just for like skipping school <laughs> or whatever, they did, they were very innocuous, their crime, yeah. like eating candy or something. <laughs> I was like, as a kid, I'm like, okay, this is, you people are gnarly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that in stop motion with the lighting they're going to do, that's going to hurt mm-hmm. some minds, you know? So that one, that one, but yeah. I've, I've got, I've got glory and I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, but that one is, that one is very distracting. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, you've yeah. got. I mean, you're you. You've got. You've 
got a, a lot of uh, greats under your belt, so yeah, thank you're you. You're hitting them out of the park. Yeah, nothing to be ashamed you. of there. It's good to be. It's good to be, good be. It's good to be looking like Popeye's dad and still still working, even though. <laughs> You know, thank you for showing interest in a very innocuous uh, situation, and I appreciate the uh, you know the time, fellas. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on. Thank and, you, my uh, pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. You're well, welcome back anytime. Well, thank you. I mean, I think I, I think my life story is boring enough, and I think we don't have to repeat it. But uh, <laughs> let me know if I can add anything or, or, or fix you as you edit it in case some things are lacking and stuff. Don't be afraid to uh, to give me a shout out. Sounds great. <laughs> no problem. All right, I miss you, I, I miss so you Tennessee. And nice meeting you too, guys. Uh, nice meeting you too. I'll miss you too, Buck. All right, man. Yeah. I'll see you soon, some sunny day. All right. Oh, we'll we'll do. do. All right, cheers, fellas. All right. Good night. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, that has been uh, episode 78 of I Am Geek. Uh, yeah. That was cool. There will be some editing in this episode. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, oh, it was great! Just, I mean, <laughs> guys, check out. The, I mean, really, go on IMDb and check out uh, Stephen Buckley's uh, on on IMDb. Stephen A. Buckley, check out his list of stuff. He's been in everything that we uh, as geeks love. He's been a part of. So uh, yeah. we didn't even mention we, the Smurfs. Even... <laughs> no, I know. Uh, and we didn't get to talk about. He he did his own like short film called Milkshake. Um, you might be able to find that online. Um, he kind of toured it around uh, a few places so if you find that milkshake uh, I heard Stephen Buckley. I heard that it brought all the boys to the yard <laughs> that's the wrong one yeah. Yeah. was already shaking his head yeah. knowing what you're going to say it did. <laughs> I mean I'm sure it brought some boys to the yard I've heard it's better than I yours there might be, I think there's a yard in it um, uh, and a milkshakes and some boys um, but yeah, thanks. There we go. <laughs> wow. Anyway, <laughs> well, thank you, listeners, for joining us again uh, on this journey of I Am Geek. And now we will leave. Is you. it over? No, no. Oh. Uh, oh. This no. Just, just this, this episode. episode. Okay. This chapter. This chapter of I Am Geek. Next week we'll be back with more. It'll be like a. Uh, Another episode. Another episode. <laughs> Yay! Oh. You know, this week's this, this week's was like you know, the Fellowship of the Ring. Next week's maybe the Hobbit. I don't know. <laughs> like the Hobbit, <laughs> you know, just not as good, but still good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I've got some work to do. Uh, <laughs> Until next time, this has been I Am Geek, and we'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye.